Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Welcome back to the Baden Games Podcast. I'm doing another fun episode, this time with a guest. Um, I've got Malcolm. Malcolm, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, man. It's your boy, McLateral, a.k.a. McLateralFF on the Twitter. How's it going, dude? Yeah, it's good, man. Um, yeah, so you you do stuff with the lateral, obviously. If you want to expand on that, go ahead before we get going. Yep, so I am one of the co-founders, contributors, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, content creators at the lateral with my buddy Herms, who you can find at Herms NFL on the Twitter. Uh, so I do some live shows, just general content creation, and some writing as well for the site. Yeah, super fun. We we have a good time over there with the lateral, don't we? <laughs> Absolutely, you're one of our favorite contributors. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that for sure. Um, but today we're going to be doing some fun stuff. We're going to be talking about your team, the San Francisco 49ers, and this off season. Are you ready? Uh, I'm as ready as I hope the Niners are, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a d- generally more optimistic outlook on them than I did last year, for sure. But um, basically, the first thing I had was, you know, looking back on the 2020 season, um, how'd you feel about the team, and were there any bright spots? I mean, the team went 3-3 three and three with Garoppolo under center. Does that count as a bright spot? I think it does. I mean, depending how you feel about Garoppolo um we'll we'll definitely get to that later uh seriously though it was a supremely mediocre season but largely due to the replacement below replacement level play under center you had garoppolo having not his best season again we'll touch on that in a bit Mm -hmm. but more importantly there's like just you have nick mullins and cg beathard as well and between the three there's two key stats that jumped out as I like did some research prepping for this. That's turnover percentage and point differentials. So 14.8% of San Francisco's offensive drives end in turnovers, which was fourth worst in the NFL. Yikes. <laughs> to put it in perspective, only the Broncos, Eagles, and Raiders were worse. But when you look at their point differential, those three teams were also horrendous from a point differential standpoint. The Broncos were a negative 123 points, possibly the league worst. I didn't like check on that because it wasn't like the most relevant thing for this. It was just like they're bad. That's bad enough. Eagles, negative 84 points. Again, they're bad. That's bad enough. And the Raiders, despite having some appearance of respectability at times during the season, were negative 44 points, which isn't great. The Niners were only negative 14. It's a massive difference between those three teams with tons of turnovers and the Niners, I think, you know, it's all the more impressive given that they play in the NFC West, which is one of the three toughest, if not two toughest, if not the toughest division in football, I would say. And uh, the AFC North obviously would merit conversation there. And uh, given that the Dolphins might be good, the AFC East, I think, merits a part of that discussion at the moment. Sure. Um and I think a lot of it comes down to the defense still largely showing up. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's that's all fair. Um, I'm happy to, to, you know, talk a little bit about the Jaguars' future star quarterback, C.J. Beathard. So it's good to talk about. I'm happy about that. Uh, I, I, I hope that is not the case because, man, it's going to be a long season <laughs> for you. This is, though, here's the crazy thing. C.J. Beathard 
talk about the turnover problems, zero interceptions. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Honestly, it's it yeah. kind of feels like a um, you know, a, a misleading in the way that Cam Newton oh, only threw like yeah. nine passing touchdowns. What's su- up? Su- super misleading. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. CJ, it's, we're not really going to have the discussion of like was CJ Beathard like the best quarterback? <laughs> yeah, no, no. There. Uh, yeah. But and then Brandon Ayuk was an absolute stud, so it was mm-hmm. awesome to see that. Those are my bright spots, I think, from last season. Largely a lost season. Sure, yeah. I mean, when you have, like, Bosa and Ford go down in the first game, it's real hard. I think I think Bosa was the first game, but I know, I know Ford was for week, sure. Week two for Bosa, I think. I think he went down okay. against the Jets. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that just, it feels like, you know, that Super Bowl hangover really hit, and then when Garoppolo, you know, went, it all just all came unraveled and such. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think there are definitely bright spots, and I think, I mean, I, I'm ready for a rebound season for them, and I think they are in the toughest division in the NFL. It's close, like you said. I mean, the the AFC North is is pretty dang going to be pretty dang good this year. I also I, I'm a big fan of the Jets and I'm a bigger fan of Miami, so I get that too. But um, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, shoot, I, I the thing I want to talk about, yeah, Jimmy G. All right, let, let, let's talk about this. My second question is, we can get into this a little bit later, but I think we'll get into this maybe now. But what did you think of Jimmy G last year? Like, was he good enough to be the starter going twenty one beyond? Talk to me about that. Okay, so I don't know if you ever read like articles about. Yes. positions trading on stocks where it's just like at the end there's a disclosure the author of this article owns stock and blah 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 so sure. full disclosure <laughs> i own stock in jimmy g like i am definitely i am a believer in jimmy g i'm a fan of jimmy g though i think i have realistic expectations i always state that i think he is a good nfl quarterback i never tell anyone like you got to be getting this guy in fantasy because you don't I never tell anyone that I think he's like an amazing quarterback because he's not, but he has genuinely been a good quarterback when healthy. And do, do you think, I'm sorry. Do, do you think that the system also really helps Jimmy G? Cause that's something I've always thought really helped like just Shanahan and, and the quick throw stuff like that. Does that help? Do you think? I mean, at, at as, at a certain point, you got to like credit the quarterback a little. Like, yeah, he mm-hmm. was good sure. for Belichick too. So, like, yeah. are we really going to mm-hmm. go like, oh, well, he only played for the two best coaches? It's like, so what do you want? Do you want him to have played for a worse coach so you can mm-hmm. finally see if he's good or not? Like, he played with some good coaches. No, um, no, I understand that. I totally understand that. I, I do. I just, you know, I, yeah. I want to also give credit to the coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I would say, bit. is it yeah. reasonable to assume that Jimmy G was benefited somewhat by playing with two really good head coaches? Yes. Yeah, and I also don't think yeah, yeah. Go, sorry, go. no go 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 yeah I, I just I don't think there's anything wrong with being good in the system either yeah. too like even if you are like I don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah you know there you see yeah continue but but I would say like if you want to look at the difference in the system and the quarterback you just got to look at the record for the Niners with Jimmy G and without mm-hmm. like it's night and day I think it's something like 24 and 8 with him under center and they have a losing record by a mile when he's not and if it was really all down to the system, some of these other guys would be doing better than they are. Like they would be doing better than abjectly horrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, you're not you're not going to find much disagreement with me here. Honestly, I'm I'm a pretty big uh, Jimmy G fan, honestly. So I remember when he beat us back in I want to say 2017 because I think that was the year the Jaguars were good. He lit us the fuck up, and I was very surprised to see that. But I, I I've been a fan honestly ever since that. He he's. Like you said, I'm not going to go around saying he's the greatest quarterback or anything like that, but I think in the system with the, with the coach just being in San Fran when they have a real, a pretty good team, honestly, um, I, I like Jimmy G a good amount. And 
I mean, I, I've been saying this since the draft. I think he'll start the entire season as long as he's healthy. Yeah, so uh, here's what I would say. I don't think he ever fully recovered in 2020 from the high ankle sprain he suffered in week two against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it wasn't a great year for him. He has a bit of an interception problem historically, and it definitely showed up in 2020. He, I think, had seven touchdowns to five interceptions um, on the season. It's, his interception rate was actually about as bad as Nick Mullins's was, but his touchdown rate was noticeably better and that does Mm -hmm. count for something um i think the o-line wasn't the greatest uh bottom half of the league in sack rate and net yards per attempt Mm -hmm. uh so you know like but the blame has to go on jimmy g a little i think if you look at his career 2020 was objectively the worst year of his career Mm -hmm. uh just from a on the field performance standpoint for 2021, he needs to be 2019 Jimmy Jesus rather than 2020 Garoppolo. Oh no. Um, (laughs) But in all due seriousness, I think he starts week one. I think he has a short, but not like infinitesimally short leash losses in particular, but serious turnover issues and an injury could all lead to the start of the Trey Lance era. But if he's winning games, He's scoring touchdowns, and he's healthy. I agree with you. He will remain under center. I think beyond this year, he's going to start somewhere, maybe, but definitely not in San Francisco, unless Lance is absolutely terrible, and they go, well, let's give this more time to cook. But I don't expect Mm. that to happen. And even if it does happen, I think ultimately they still might just keep letting Lance be under center. Mm -hmm. Sure, I I get that. I mean, you don't move up to three without getting some value out of that you know, in the future at some point, like a year down the road, uh, seems about right. And I think Jimmy G will play somewhere after a San Fran. I, I got to assume that honestly, um, he's this court teams are lacking quarterbacks way too much. Anyway, uh, I think, I think that, you know, a lot of it shows with the, with the interest in, uh, a guy that I used to be super high on, um, Gardner Minshew, you know, I, I think if there's relevant, you know, discussion about him possibly starting, you know, a place like Denver or somewhere else. Um, I think Jimmy G definitely has a spot in, in this league still. Um, but do you, do you think, uh, do you think Jimmy G will be good in fantasy this year? No, no. Uh, like, in, no, like a cause he never league? is. Cause he never is. He'll, yeah. he, he, mm-hmm. Even if he is good. I, uh, when we talk about a system being a factor, I don't think the mm-hmm. system necessarily contributes to him being the most fantasy relevant. He's not really asked to move the ball with his legs. He doesn't mm-hmm. do it particularly well, even when he is. Uh, and he is more of a high touchdown rate and low yardage rate, even though he takes some shots downfield. Um, I just like for him to crack the top 12, which is what you talk about when fantasy relevance mm-hmm, comes into sure. play. Like, I don't see it happening. I just don't, especially with no mobility. Like, imagine if Ryan Tannehill didn't get anything done with his legs. That is probably the best case scenario for jimmy g mm, yeah, I was gonna um, say, yeah. <laughs> and not that's not the greatest but again mm-hmm. he can take your team to 13 and 3 and to a super bowl <laughs> appearance and look like almost as good as drew Brees doing it like seriously sure. in that 2019 season sure. statistically he was like kind of on par with drew Brees in a lot of ways look uh, i mean i believe it I, yeah. I definitely believe it um well yeah you're not gonna find much disagreement again here with uh with jimmy g because i'm yeah big fan um but I mean, well, the two quarterback league though is 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 he is he relevant enough to be taken ahead of where I assume he'll be like twenty eight or something like that? You know, like do you, do you think there's value there? There are definitely eight quarterbacks in the NFL worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. 
So if you're in a two quarterback league, got it. 32 <laughs> teams, so 32 starters, to take him at 24. Like, yeah, he in a two quarterback league, I think you would have to take him. But I think if you do take him, you're going to need for sure. Not that you're not going to do this anyway. You're going to need that third quarterback in case he gets right. injured. All right, cool. Yeah, that, that that's all good for me. Um, so we're going to keep in the rerunning trend. Um, we're going to talk about the NFL draft, but not the 2021 NFL draft, the 2020 NFL draft. I want to talk about Ayuk Kinlaw, maybe the guy McKivitz who, who got a few starts in late in the year. But yeah, I want to know how you felt about the 2020 rookie class from San Fran last year. Yeah, so as far as the draft class is concerned, it's kind of a shallow one. So Ayuk's the clear standout. And I think like people really need to remember that or they're going to get in trouble because <laughs> people are like going like, oh, Debo, oh, Kittle, like this and the other. Like with Nick Mullins under center for a large portion of it, he was 30 seconds in receptions per game, 27th in reception yards per game, wide receiver 31 in PPR and wide receiver 17 in PPR points per game. He only had four weeks when he was active without 10 plus points in PPR. And actually, crazily enough, I think in standard as well, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely excited about his sophomore year. I expect him to be the wide receiver one in San Francisco pretty much without question. I think he will be fantasy relevant. I think he will be top 24. I think ultimately due to that system, he won't snip top 12, uh, but he could get to top 16, I think, fairly easily. Uh, wow. Okay. He's got so many tools in his toolbox. He is fast. He's got good hands. He knows how to run the routes. Like he, if Brandon Ayuk turns out to be the best wide receiver from that draft class, ultimately it oh, will no. not shock. Don't me. say it. Oh, Malcolm. I'm not saying Don't that he currently it. is, oh, but I'm God. saying if he ultimately gets there, he's talented enough to do it. Like, there is not a huge gulf in talent between Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk. There's a huge gulf in usage, but there's not a huge gulf in talent. There's definitely not a huge gulf in talent between him and T. Higgins. Like, who else is he really competing with for that title from that draft class then? Uh, Jerry Judy, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman. I love all so, those guys a lot more. I would say I'm not worried about Mims or Pittman. Jerry Judy is the one that would be interesting. I definitely... He was the more talented coming out of college, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would say he was my wide receiver one from that draft class yep, without same. question. Uh, I don't think his rookie season was impressive. I think you definitely have to blame Drew Locke for plenty of it, mm-hmm. but I think it would be, I think it would be misleading to blame for all of it. Yeah, he had some pretty big drops. Sure, yeah. there there was a problem uh, with that for sure. So can Jerry Judy? improve on that a thousand percent and again if i had to bet on anyone to be the best wide receiver from that draft class i would bet on jerry judy then same I would probably bet on justin jefferson second and then brandon Ayuk third mm. but if brandon Ayuk ends up being the best from that draft class it's again it's not gonna shock me it, i'll tell you man it would shock me um but that, that's you know a different thing he, he is very athletic i do like him I, again i do like him in the system i think i'm just a shanahan simp but i i, I do like him there you know him and debo uh both i think are, are really good in, in that uh system, in just that systems don't hurdle guys on the way to a touchdown man 
Sure, I yeah, but explosive plays don't make you a good player. Like like highlight reels, I don't care about highlight reels. Like, sure, that much, but honestly. when you're also like 17th in PPR points per game, like you have my attention. Yeah, sure, you do. He had a really really great stretch and some pretty not great games, but it's a rookie year. I'm not ready to you know uh, again take any pretty not great games. He only had four games when active without 10 plus points. That's not sure. Nothing. Sure, I'm just that is a, that right. is a better than average hit rate. On him. Sure. I, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm looking at the, the stats or whatever like that. I see, you know, three targets, two receptions, 21 yards. I see five, five targets, two receptions, 18 yards. Yeah, uh, some see. rushes in there. Like, I, you know, there's some bad but, games in there. We can't get that wrong, right? I would say if you're talking about two receptions on three targets, how much of that is on Ayuk? That's still a solid catch rate. Sure. Right? Yeah, That's, I, that I, is potentially sure. a usage issue. Um, yeah, and he's again, he's not without some issues. Like, mm -hmm. will he get used enough in a given game? Like, there's plenty of tools that Shanahan can use on that offense. You know, he's had some injury issues. Will those continue? These are all valid mm -hmm. concerns. Yeah. Uh, talent is not one of them. Uh, man, I don't know. I think he was like my eighth rated wide receiver in, uh, in the class coming out. And I probably stand by that still, but may maybe I'm entirely wrong. Um, I, I, I like him more than Chenault though. I will say that. Um, and I still might for sure, or maybe not for sure, but I still might like him more than Chenault. Um, but that might be me, me being down on Chenault a little bit, but I mean, you know, we, we, we also, I, I don't like looking at stats and just, you know, randomly extrapolating stuff. Like we don't know if he just wasn't open. We don't know if the usage wasn't there. Like we don't know. Just looking at the base stats. Right. Yeah. Um, other guys in the class, though, Kinlaw is someone who flashed a little. He's got some room to grow. Um, Look, I would. Yeah, go check. It's a strong defense, I think, at its core. And it's a it's going to be a better offense, which will keep the defense fresher. A healthy Nick Bosa is going to keep offenses honest. And I think allow Kinlaw to get to the QB a little more because teams will have to pay attention to Nick Bosa. So yeah. when you take that all into account, I expect improvement from Kinlaw. I expect improvement, frankly, from him regardless, but I think he will make noticeable leaps next year. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Honestly, he's still my favorite guy from your guys' draft class, uh, for sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kinlaw. Uh, rookie seasons can be tough, especially on a de depleted offensive line with Eric Armstead as the only guy that you have to rely on consistently, which isn't my favorite thing to do. Um, I did not like that contract they gave him, but that's that's a conversation for another time. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the two guys that, yeah, you know, a lot of teams don't even get two guys like, like you guys got in the first round. So feel, feels like a, a pretty good one so far. Yeah. Yeah. And then you mentioned McKivitz. Uh, I wouldn't expect to hear much yeah. from him going forward. And, uh, I wasn't impressed by him and it seems like John Lynch wasn't impressed by him because <laughs> they drafted Aaron Banks to replace him in the second round. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm hmm but I would say there was actually a gem or two in the undrafted free agent group from 2020. Um, unfortunately, one of them didn't end up playing for the Niners. So oh, no. Jamichael Hasty had some bright spots. Yes. Unfortunately, I think the rival of Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell could see his time in San Francisco be short-lived. Uh, but then the other one was actually Salvin Ahmed. Uh, he was an undrafted oh, was free really? agent. For the Niners, and then he ended up with the Dolphins and looked pretty solid. Um, though I would say, you know, of all the guys to like miss out on, I think his benefit to the Niners would have been negligible given how good yeah. just about any running back ends up being in that offense. Like it's a bummer because he like showed some flashes, but <laughs> I don't think we ultimately like really shot ourselves in the foot there. Yeah, I get that. It's like the Jaguars losing um 
what's his name? La- or not losing. They signed Lazard. They're the first team to sign Lazard as a UDFA um, and or Lazard, whatever, however you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, could have used him, but I wouldn't have made an appreciable difference. I feel that for sure. Um, yeah, okay, that's 2020 draft class. Cool. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was the O line because I just love offensive linemen, man. Um, it's, it's the most important thing on your team. I think quarterback is no. I used to say that, but quarterback, your quarterback doesn't matter if his ass is on the ground. <sighs> just ask Jason I mean, Campbell. Just yeah, ask Patrick yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramsey. Like, look at Sam Darnold. Like, again, these well, guys uh, had their own issues, but like Sam Darnold has been ruined because he was behind that O line. Like, if, when you've got a guy literally, and I quote, saying, "I see ghosts." Like, I do that, that is that was not a because he is. Yeah. That is not because he's bad at football. That is because his O-line has let him down. Like yeah, Patrick I'm... Ramsey literally got chased from the NFL because the Washington football team's O-line let him down. Like we do see this happen. We do see it happen. I'm not ready to talk about this completely, but I don't yeah, – I still think quarterback is more valuable. I, I, I'd i reverse the trend and see like I don't care if my quarterback's getting blocked if it's C.J. Beathard. I don't care. Um, yeah. you know, you know, we'll, we'll, we, it's a conversation for another time, but anyway, let's talk about the Trent Williams deal. You can tell me about, was it worth it or was it not? I assume you're going to be landing on it's worth it, but hit me up. Uh, so the short answer is yes. The long answer is yes. Even if it eventually bites us in the ass. So okay. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the game or pretty close to it. The mm-hmm. eye test says so PFF says so hell everyone, but the Washington football team <laughs> seemed to think so. <laughs> Well, them and all pro voters who seem to continuously not want to vote for him. Um, they really like uh, Bakhtari. Um, yeah, I like Bakhtari. Yeah. Who is really good, yeah. to be fair. He deserves pretty much everything he gets. But, like, Trent Williams is great. Um, I'm being a little hyperbolic here, obviously, which I just thought of. Is being a bit hyperbolic an oxymoron? Because being hyperbolic yeah, is I... exaggerative. <laughs> like, there's something yeah. I thought about. Yeah, well, we have a lot of weird colloquialisms in our in our you know language that don't mean what they should. Like you know, I'm sure there are a few. I just can't think of any now. But yeah, so, go ahead. But what does mean something is he made his eighth straight Pro Bowl last year. So mm. is he going to prove to be worth like the cost for all six years of his deal? Maybe not. He'll be at the tail end of his career by the time it's over. I think he'll be 36, somewhere uh, in that ballpark. Mm, yeah, he'll so he'll be, if they take the out, he'll be 36. If they don't, it's 38. So okay, so we're yeah. talking old. Uh, yeah, that's my thing, you know. So, but if he can provide yeah. three more excellent years, three more three more Pro Bowl level years, which wouldn't be unreasonable, it might be enough for this team to get another shot at the Lombardi Trophy. Especially if you add Alex Mack, who's another yes. multiple yes. time Pro Bowler. Yes. Who, again, all Pro voters seem to hate the kid. Kid, mm. um, but seriously, between them and Aaron Banks, this line should not be a liability this year the way it was last year, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully at least for a few years. And when you combine that, maybe with some increased quarterback talent with Trey Lance, or even with like 2019 version of Jimmy G, like that's a team that can win now, and a few years could be enough. And if you get a ring, who cares if in six years you're paying for it? Sure, I get that. I, I think they can be in a pseudo win now move, uh, win now ish for for sure. I think I think that's definitely well within the realm because they dealt with a lot of injuries last year and they're Super Bowl year ago. Like I I, I get it. I, I think it's definitely possible. Um, I mean, we're talking about the whole offensive line. I, I'm I'm curious how you feel. You know, it's a little off topic when we had, but I, I'm curious how you feel about like McGlinchey or or Lincoln Tomlinson. These guys still contributors. Mm. I like McGlinchey. Uh, no, I think McGlinchey. They're gonna try. 
and ride out as much as they can, but it would be tough to say he's been anything other than at least slightly underwhelming. Okay. Gotcha. I, I think, especially based on like, the, what was he, a top 10 pick? Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't remember. So yep. it's like, I, I don't think he's lived up to that. Has he been serviceable? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's like it. I don't think the I don't think the pick has lived up to the hype. Okay. Um, but he's probably still good enough to be at least a part of the rotation to at least ride out um, for a while longer. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. He was he was pick nine, just got it on the thing. But yeah, I mean, top ten. Yeah, that, I, I get that for sure. It seems like PFF. There's a huge disparity between the pass block and the run block grade. So yeah. I, I can get how that can feel definitely under or be underwhelming generally if the pass block is they have it at 58 and the run block is 91. So yeah. like I, I I get yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And I, again, mm-hmm. very efficient run game and yeah. a below average passing defense. Like yeah. a pass block game. Like mm-hmm. you know, it shows. Yeah, it is a similar thing with Tomlinson too, but I, I, I totally get that. Yeah, you want your guys to be better pass blockers for sure. And it's harder to do too as a tackle, for sure. So mm-hmm. um yeah. But yeah, okay. That's good O line talk. I love me some O line talk for sure. Doesn't get talked about enough. But um let's move on to like the free agency stuff. Or I mean, first, you know, we'll talk about the interesting re-signings. I had three guys that I wanted to throw out there, kinda, and then two other ones that are kind of memes. But um I'm curious to get your opinions on each one of them. We got Jason Verrett for one year, five point five million. What about this one? Uh, I don't love Verrett, mm-hmm. so I don't love it, but I don't know what else we could have done. So he frustrates me. I think he should be better. I like remember him from his time in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was with the Chargers. I used to like the Chargers quite a bit. So I feel like he should be better. But, he, you know, he was 35th in passer rating uh, last year. So like for 5.5 million one year maybe there weren't that many better options available at least for that value who also are familiar with the team like it could be worse but it's not something i'm thrilled by sure i I get that uh i might be a little higher on him than than you are but uh i mean i get that they i think they need a quarterback out pretty bad so it made sense to bring him back i think sure i wouldn't i would not disagree with them needing help at that position but yeah, part of why they need help is because Barrett wasn't that great. Sure. I get that. Um, I, I, I can understand that for sure. Um, all right. Next one I have was Jeff Wilson. Kind of feels a little weird now with all the running backs they have there, but they brought him back for one year, two mil. So I love Jeff Wilson Jr., especially for fantasy. This is a guy where it's like if you get him 10 plus touches, he gets you 10 plus points like like clockwork. If you go through and look at his game locks, it is like no joke every time and so i loved this move at the time he Mm -hmm. he could be the lead back in that offense potentially but now wing gallman trey sermon elijah mitchell all coming in you still have jamichael hasty you still have raheem mostert um like it uh, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen so yeah could we have saved $2 million and let him go somewhere else knowing that we were going to bring in all these pieces? Like, yeah, probably. Uh, so it feels like a bit of an unnecessary move now, but since I like the player, I'm ultimately not mad about it. Sure. Where, where does he rank in your hierarchy of running backs there? Just out of curiosity. Like, is he like two? If I, if I was coach Shanahan, he would be my yes. lead back. Okay. All right, that's that's definitely Part, something partially to say. due to his skill set. I think he works better in that role. Uh, okay. And 
I'm kind of out on Moster, but with a thank you for your service like attached to it. Yeah, I think I, I think that. I think we're just seeing the end of Moster. Like, mm-hmm. so if Moster was healthy, if it was a couple of years ago, then I would probably say Moster as the lead mm-hmm. back over Wilson and have Wilson be more of a goal line back. But like, I'm not sure Moster can hold up to much more damage. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I'm not sure which one I like. Honestly, it might might even be Wayne Gallman, but uh, I'm just. I, not sure. I I love Wayne Gallman. Yeah. I think he ultimately makes that 53 man roster. I really yeah. do. It's gonna be tough. Um, I think I think it'll be interesting to see who of Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty makes it, and mm-hmm. it's not impossible that they'll cut Raheem Mostert. He's not who I'd bet on, mm-hmm. but he'd be my number two choice, partially because his like cap number is pretty much exactly what they need to save last I looked. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> that, like, that is something interesting. The math works out, like, weirdly perfectly, and given who's on that team, like, it would kind of make sense to move on. Um, but he's definitely done a good job for us. He definitely has the talent when he's healthy. And if you're in win-nail mode, it would make sense to hold on to him. So Hasty mm-hmm. seems like a more likely move, especially with the Mitchell coming in, who I think could frankly replace Hasty even if maybe not to quite the same level, mm-hmm. but it would be a similar role. I got you. All right, that's fair. Um, it, it is going to be tough to make this lineup when they are rostering a fullback, too. Kyle Juszczyk got a five-year, $27 million deal. Definitely a, a fan favorite, I would assume, uh, and I like him a lot, too, but was the deal worth it, do you think? Well, I don't know if you know this, but Kyle Juszczyk went to Harvard, <laughs> and I'm going to pay a Harvard man every penny he's worth. That's right, people. If you're going to normalize Ryan Fitzpatrick (laughs) going to Harvard, you have to normalize Kyle Juszczyk doing the same thing. Um, Especially since in their respective positions, Juszczyk's been like a multiple-time pro bowler and considered like the best of the position. Probably would be an all-pro if all-pro even awarded uh, (laughs) all-pro designation to a fullback, um, which is, you know, ridiculous, especially like considering what fullbacks used to be. Regardless, like there is not a better fullback in the NFL. There's not even another fullback sure. that the average fan knows by name. It is use check, and that's it. Now, yeah. is part of that due to the crazy name? <laughs> is part of that due to that Sterling Harvard education? Perhaps. But part of it is due to his performance on the field, which is good. Mm-hmm. He can run, he can block, he can catch. It's a versatility that Shanahan relies on. It makes that offense better. And the deal has now, after three years, it's surprisingly team-friendly. So mm-hmm. as a win-now move, I like it a lot. Sure, I, I get that. I I do think fullback is definitely necessary in the system. I feel like I'm saying in the system about 5,000 times. But I do like use check a lot as a player. If you need a fullback, there's no one else I'd rather have. So um, it, it just... I just hate giving money away. But if they use them as much as they do, which, I, you know, they use them a decent amount, um, I think it's fair uh, yeah, so- as well. The deal is actually kind of front-loaded, and there's mm-hmm. an out after, like, three years. Yeah, I would imagine. It is surprisingly team-friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good, for sure. Um, All right, let's get to these other two guys, because I did a little research on uh, on your next guy, and so yeah. I, think it, I think it merits mentioning. I'm a big fan of Tabor. Tabor Pepper, man, two years, $2.8 It's a lot for a long snapper, you know? I mean, he gets the job done. He's not afraid to make a tackle. He had two tackles last season and 10 in college at Michigan State. So, like, if he's getting the job done, if he's not afraid to make the big play to bring value on special teams, like, yeah, screw it. Why not? (laughs) 
Sure. I also bring up Tabor because um, I he's he sometimes comes on a stream on Twitch that I watch a lot. So I'm a big fan of him as a personality. Also, I can so see. there it is. Um, yeah, shout out to Tabor if you ever listen to this. What's up, man? Uh, the next one I had was a one year to go for my man Josh Rosen. Yeah. Speaking of personalities, this is one I don't <laughs> love. Um, <laughs> so I don't like Josh Rosen. I have been very adamant about the fact that I did not like Josh Rosen coming out of college. I do not like that he got his head coach fired in college. Like Josh Rosen is a yep. mess. There's a reason he failed in the NFL. That being said, he is still talented. He is better than Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard. Mm-hmm. And at one year, 850,000, I mean, with Trey Lance on the roster now, it's legitimately just a depth move. But like we've seen San Francisco go through three quarterbacks in a season before. So if my third quarterback's now Josh Rosen instead of Nick Mullins, I like feel slightly better. So sure. Yeah, uh, I mm, I, want, I don't want to say I'm a big Josh Rosen fan, but I feel like the hate he gets is a little undeserved with how, how talented he could theoretically be. Um, and I, I like th- him. As a I think the problem is it's deserved for how much of an asshole he was. I honestly don't remember it. I asked off. All I remember him saying that he was an atheist, and uh, there aren't that many of those in the NFL, so it stuck with me, you know? Um, there was a yeah. reason he fell um, lower than expected, and it had zero sure. to do with his talent. Let me just sure. put it that way. Yeah, I get that. I mean, the, it happens in the NFL more than I thought it would, but it does. Um, yeah, so I had some interesting, although not too, I wouldn't say exciting, veteran offseason acquisitions. Was there anyone that you really thought stood out besides, I mean, we covered a little bit of the bring back stuff, but, and we talked about Mac a little bit, but was there anyone else? Yeah, so that bring back stuff is really the bulk of it. So I was like, not really. Like, this free agency was definitely focused on bringing key guys back. And, like, we focused a bit on rebuilding through the draft. But, like, it wasn't about making big free agent signings. Like, Mac, obviously, a big one, a good one. Um, but, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things were, like, bringing guys back like Trent Williams, like Verrett, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever that may or may not be worth, like Wilson, like Juszczyk. Um I guess I'm interested in Mohamed Sanu just because – our wide receiver three used to be like Trent Taylor. (laughs) And so like, if I can get like anything like the old Muhammad Sanu in Atlanta under Shanahan, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, like we literally had it not happen last year. So I think it's the one that I'm the most excited about just from a sheer potential standpoint, but it's not like I would be betting heavy on it. Yeah. That's fair. I, and I was looking there too. It wasn't too much else, you know, going on there. So I, I definitely get that. Um, I mean, oh, they, they acquired Arden Key, right? Do you, do, do you care about Arden Key at all? I know it's like a one year, one point. It's like nothing. But I mean, is that someone you're interested in maybe a little bit, you know, as rotational depth piece? Um, I mean, like, maybe. Sure. It, you know, it's like. I think there's a reason they were able to pick him up. It's kind, yeah. of, kind of how I see it. Um, he has potential. He was a former All-SEC guy. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's a complete nobody. <laughs> yeah. That being said, uh, he is rotational. And uh, it's not like the Niners, I think, are particularly hurting at that spot. So yeah. Sanu, to me, is definitely someone I think that could, if it goes well, which, again, not necessarily betting on, uh, it'll have a way more noticeable impact, I think. Got you. Totally fair. 
Um, all right, let's move on to the departures. Were there any guys that you were sad to see go? Any happy you were, any that you were happy to see walk? I listed Solomon Thomas, Tevin Coleman, or Jordan Reed, or any of these other guys. I felt like a lot of dead weight left the team this <laughs> offseason. Sure. Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, Trent Taylor, Solomon Thomas, Akello Witherspoon. Like These are all guys that, for better or worse, I'm not going to miss. Mm-hmm. I am going to forget their names. Other than Tevin Coleman, who is going to be annoyingly fantasy relevant for like the draft season, mm. and then he's going to be Tevin Coleman, <laughs> and we're all going to go, "Why did we bet on Tevin Coleman?" <laughs> um, but like, I mean, like that's it. Like Jarek McKinnon, I don't think is going to be relevant in Kansas City. Ooh, I like I liked the signing at the time when they brought him in, but he's mm-hmm. he's just not been able to hold up to the stress at all, right? Physically, right. and you know. It's unfortunate to see that, but again, I'm not going to miss an injured running back. Um, I will be missing Jordan Reed a bit, mostly because <laughs> I wanted to see him do well. And mm. his his story is actually like genuinely sad. Like it is a mm-hmm. bummer that his career has been so significantly derailed because yeah. he was a top caliber tight end, and not just from a prospect level. Like every time we saw him healthy enough to like mm-hmm. really do something, he did it. It's not like this guy was a bust as far as like when he was healthy on the field performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm genuinely concerned about him because it's concussions. Yeah, you know? right. Mm-hmm. So that one is actually like a bummer because it means that he didn't have enough to get it done, though. Maybe by not coming back next year, he'll be able to step away and work on his health, which I'll have no complaints about. Uh, And then from a football perspective, I'm actually going to miss Richard Sherman. I thought he was really good for the team. I thought he was good in the locker room. I think he still had something to give on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, The issue might have been that he had too much to give on the field. And so (laughs) it wasn't like from a cost benefit analysis standpoint, it wasn't worth it to overpay him. I think that's ultimately what did lead to him not coming back. But I still wish he was on the team. Still out there for free agency, right? Yeah, which is weird. So yeah. honestly, if they can get him back cheap, like I'm all for it because it's not like we still don't need yeah, help yeah. with the secondary. I'm, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's I, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's a guy who will want to play if he's you know not paid a certain amount. And honestly, I'd I'd take that kind of camp too. Like I don't want to play if I'm not getting compensated appropriately. You know, why, yeah. why put my body through that? Yeah, I mean, we talked uh, about the Harvard educated guys. Like he's got yeah. a Stanford education. Like yeah. he's got a Stanford education. He is not someone that phoned it in. Like that is an incredibly intelligent man. Oh, and yeah. he is going to do what is best for him. And I trust him to know what that is. Yeah, I agree with that sh- for sure. Um, yeah, okay. That Those are the phrases. Uh, Solomon Thomas, any thoughts on that one? Or no, nah, just a bust. Yeah, yeah it's like, um, um, again, he's the dead weight. He's the guy yeah. I'm not thinking about. Like, it's a bummer it didn't work out, but like it never worked. Yeah, sure. That's fair. I, I think you're right about the deadweight stuff. Um, it seems like they just retained the guys that got into the Super Bowl, uh, you know, two years ago, and then they're cutting guys who didn't really need a injured. I don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings fan by any I am. chance. Um, the stench of Saruman is washing <laughs> away. That's like sure. the amount of sheer dead weight that has been cut from this team. Like it gives me like those kind of vibes. <laughs> All right. So who's the ends now? Okay. It's whatever. Um. Yeah. Uh, 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 have you seen the size of Aaron Banks? He's an end. <laughs> well, that dude is built like an actual tree. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, speaking of Aaron Banks, let's talk about the this NFL draft, the 2021 NFL draft. Um, we can just get into it. Do you get the positions you want? Do they address positions of need? Did you like the talent? You know, what did you think? 
we can go position by position if you want. We can go pick by pick, or what do you want to do? I've got a mapped out pick by pick here, so hit me we'll do up. that. Let's do but it. I'll hit I'll hit some general points real quick. I think they got the positions of need for the most part, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they got the guys that I want. So we'll start okay. with Trey Lance here, round one, pick number mm-hmm. three. I say here in my notes, definitely a position of need, but I would argue backup QB was definitely a position of need was starting quarterback. Definitely a position of need. Maybe, maybe not. So like I would have maybe not traded up waited and taken Kellen Mond, who I actually have decent hopes for. I loved the pick by Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even though it may have sparked a little controversy in that locker room, we'll see how that goes. But like, I think, I think he was someone with second round talent for sure. Maybe even low first, um, you know, he was my QB six in that draft and I really wanted to make him mm. my QB five. Mm. Um, <laughs> I would have taken Justin Fields. Justin Fields is my QB two from this draft. However, when the choices became between Lance and Mac Jones, for me, it was a no brainer as much as I like Mac Jones and I genuinely mm. like Mac Jones. Trey Lance's ceiling is undoubtedly higher due to as his athleticism. Like mm. the guy gives you the tiniest of Mahomes vibes, not for the record. This is not a <laughs> Trey Lance's Patrick Mahomes tweet. It is sure. not. Sure. I'm just saying they're like a little of the vibes there. And I like those vibes. So ultimately <laughs> I like the pick, even though it's not necessarily how I as GM of the Niners would have gone about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if I was a GM of the Niners, I wouldn't have traded up, but yeah. you know, you know, we're, we're getting tipped. That. I think uh, Trey Lance was the perfect pick there for them, considering he's going to sit behind Jimmy G. Like I don't, I, I would have taken uh, as well. I would have taken. Oh my god! I, I every time he comes up, I want to say Dwayne Haskins, but it's obviously uh, whatever. That's, that don't do, don't do my uh, like that. Oh. Yeah, we'll say whatever. Um, I would, I would have taken him through. He was my number three quarterback, but I just, um, I, I just like the situation, Trey Lance, and you know, waiting, you know, developing. With a good yeah. coach, a good team, I think a good culture. I think it's a really good spot for him to sit there, and I think he's one of the only guys I would want to sit there, honestly. So, I'm a little the talent. I, I'm not sure. I only watched the one game from last year, and you know, I read a lot of stuff on him. I get the body type looks good. I just he could be he could go anywhere, you know. Uh, that's how I feel about him. He could be anything, honestly, and that's kind of risky sure. for pick three, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I, he they were, he was probably he might have been my favorite pick of the draft for the Niners though so if that gives you any context you can go ahead. And- <laughs> uh, I think he was probably my favorite pick of the draft for the Niners too. Though okay. There's one other one that I liked. There is one other one I liked too. <laughs> okay, but it's not, not this one. Uh, nope. So round two, pick number forty-eight, Aaron Banks guard. We have mentioned is he huge? Yes, he is <laughs> fucking massive. But is he better or more versatile than Quinn Miners? The belly. <laughs> no, he's not. The Broncos got an absolute steal getting him. I am like genuinely upset about this. Uh, and I would have preferred the D3 guy to Banks. I think he's better. I think he's more versatile. He can play left guard or he can play center. Again, Alex Mack getting a little older. He's on a shorter term deal. Like yeah. you could eventually transition minors into that center position if Mack doesn't work out. Instead, you're left with a guy who's like a little more developmental than you would like. From your round two pick at a position where you need someone. So it's like, look, if Banks pays off, it was definitely a position of need. So that will be awesome. But for me, there was a guy I would have taken 
at that same position who I think was better and was on the board. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I'm in a similar camp because he was, I'm trying to pull it up right now. He was, I, I did not like that pick. I gave it, I think, a C minus. That's yeah. fair. Gave it I a would C-. say C at least is like definitely fair. Yeah, and I think most of that, again, was because I think it was also a position of need, honestly. I'm, again, trying to pull this stuff up real quick and get my big board out here. But, yeah, it, it, there were other guys besides, you know, Minaret, Minaret, sorry, I don't know how to say the guy. Belly guy, whatever. Miners. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Miners. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Banks was my 12th ranked interior offensive lineman. So, yeah, was not really a fan of that pick. I'm pretty sure, like, Cleveland and uh, Dickerson, Davis, Christensen, one of those guys were on the board, and I would have been yeah. much happier with those guys, honestly. Um, but yeah, e- even Minaret, too, or whatever. But, yeah, uh, C minus, not great. I gave Trey Lance an A minus. That was the highest grade. But go ahead. We got the next one up. So this is another one that I actually liked, even though it was not really a position of need, in my opinion, because I think Trey Sermon does have potential. He wasn't my favorite running back. I thought that maybe there was a little bit of fool's gold to him having that strong finish to the season, but not necessarily showing the most leading up to that strong finish. Um, But when you take a look at the depth chart, everyone but him and Elijah Mitchell are unrestricted free agents at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, I actually do really like the pick because if he hits his ceiling or gets close to it in the Shanahan offense, Shanahan's pretty good at picking some RBs, um, then we can move on from a lot of older depth guys in our team which I think from a team building standpoint is great. He could be a steal for Shanahan. Like if Shanahan's right about this guy, like Trey Sermon has certainly round two potential, if not late round one potential. Um, That being said, I don't think it's necessarily likely that he hits that. Um, And we may regret not going O line or secondary with that third pick. Yeah, that was definitely an issue I had. This this didn't seem like a position of need, and like we had spoken a little bit about before, I think this team is kind of in a win-now mode, and adding another running back at this point didn't seem like the optimal choice for me. He was also my 12th-ranked running back at the position, and a not-that-deep class, not really a fan. I gave it a D-plus. I think I could go a little bit higher, because I, I might have I given him a wrong grade, honestly. I, I could see him being better than I initially expected, but um, I think there were better running backs on the board, and this just didn't seem like position of need, so not a fan of the pick. Yeah, I, w- I would say RB12 is harsh. Um, That's where I'm at. That's where I'm for, at. For me, I mean, I would have had him probably right around RB6, maybe RB7, but mm-hmm. like right around there. Like guys like Chuba Hubbard, Khalil Herbert, I. Kylan Hill, I don't think they're better. But, like, mm-hmm. for me, he's right around – he would have been right around Kenneth Gainwell and Ramondre Stevenson, um, but I think distinctly behind the North Carolina duo of Javante and Carter. Yeah, you know, he's right behind Ramondre for me, so we're at least in agreement on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he certainly gives you something different than a lot of these other running backs, I think, do in this draft class, so I, I get that at least. Um but yeah, uh, all right. Next one we got up is uh, Thomas. Yep, another third round guy. Uh, only like less than twenty picks later. Um, one could argue that we needed safety more than cornerback, but it's still definitely a position of need. 
he's got potential, but I felt like there were players I would have taken instead. So like Sean Wade, who fell so far, yes. which I don't quite get from Ohio mm-hmm. State. He comes to mind. I think he could have provided better coverage in the middle of the field. I think he could have provided a little more versatility because uh, you could possibly transition him to safety if it's not quite working out at cornerback. And again, we need safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that the Ravens took him should, I think, say a lot, honestly, because they're pretty good judges of talent on that side of the field. Sean I think Wade they might have gotten a steal. Sure. Sean Wade was total trash last year, though. He was awful. I get that. I get that. And there's that's why he definitely dropped, though. I think he might have dropped too far. Um, yeah, I get that. Sure. But I don't think Ambry Thomas was necessarily anything all that special. Yeah, I don't think so either. So that's fair. <laughs> um, I had this pick also at a D plus. Yeah, he was my 21st ranked cornerback in this draft class. Not a fan. Um, yeah, I don't know too much else to say. Honestly, he there were so many other guys I would have rather had. Um I think he's a risky prospect, and I think he is more of a prospect than anything. Third-round comp pick after 100, it's okay. There is a chance. I'm just, there were other guys I wanted. And uh, at least they addressed the position of need. It could have been a lot worse for me, yeah. so. Yeah. I, I would have to say everyone after Trey Sermon is definitely a prospect in this draft class. Sure. I could agree with that, with one exception. Is it going to be Jalen Moore? Nope. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, I'm curious to see who it'll be then. <laughs> So yeah. for me, uh, Jalen Moore, who was round five, pick 155, I actually kind of like this one. This is one that like sort of surprised me because I thought it was decent value. He can be versatile. I love versatility just because like in the NFL, you never quite know how a player's going to hit, how they're going to transition from college. I mean, you look at guys like Julian Edelman where it's like, oh, shit, I guess he's a wide receiver. Like I love a guy who's got a certain set of tools that can then be picked by a coach and then slotted into the correct position rather than, you know, necessarily someone where it's just like, well, he'll definitely be locked in that. So it's like, I like minors more than I like banks. And I like more a lot here because he can play tackle or guard. He's a little like, I think undersized for tackle. It's kind of the knock on him, but, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a little weaker interior online draft than it was a offensive tackle yep. draft. It was a really yep. strong offensive tackle draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, honestly, like, Vera, Vera Tucker was like the stud, I feel, mm. in the interior. And then there's like a couple guys below him. I think mm. I want to say like, uh, was it Landon Dickerson? Yeah, I like Dickerson. I liked a few other guys more than him, to and be then, honest. Um, yeah, but God, yeah. yeah. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma? I was lower on him than most people, okay. but he, he was a guy people liked for sure. But those, those, to me, those are like then a tier below Vera Tucker. Like Vera Tucker was better enough than the rest of these guys to honestly be in a tier to himself. You do, you do love versatility, don't you, man? Veritech has got that versatility too, I man. Do. I really do. I really do. I, I think versatility is great. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I kind of like actually this pick of Jalen Moore, especially in round five where you can, you know, get a little risky with it. Yeah, it definitely is a risky pick, I think. I also gave this one a C minus, same as Aaron Banks. Um, he was my 20th ranked guy on the board. And like you said, he's got some tools, I think, but um, he wasn't like super dominant at Western Michigan and, that kind of some red flags for me. So that's why he, he was rated a little bit lower than most people. But, you know, fifth round is probably okay value. Maybe I a little think, later, but I yeah. think that's the key bit. I didn't sure. find a ton of guys that it would necessarily take an over him because it's such a late pick. 
And because it's such a late pick, I'm expecting him to be a depth guy from the get go rather than a regular guy or even necessarily a major rotational guy. Mm -hmm. And so then I can take that tool set and coach him up into being a proper NFL player. So that's why I that's why I kind of like the pick. I think, again, someone like this going in the second round or even the third round, then I'm much more down on it because it's like, OK, this is a guy I'm hopefully getting to like contribute at some point in his rookie season. Yeah, um, I, I get that. And uh, yeah, I could have been I could have maybe given this a C just because I think it was fair value. But I mean, 155. Yeah, isn't I did, exactly... it doesn't deserve an A by any. Yeah, no, sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's also like. I mean, fifth round is, or this was, yeah, fifth round. Fifth round is getting a little dicey, but 155 is still where there were good players on the board. But sure, I get that. Developmental piece, I don't hate it. It's fine. But yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So we got some more round five guys. We 172. Diamador Lenore? Lenoir, Lenoir? Lenoir? Yeah, I heard okay. Lenoir. I'm just going with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Um, again, a position we need sure but yet another instance where i felt we left a better player on the board yep. take allen was still on the board and i'd have yep. taken him in a heartbeat yep same i got this one a d all in more can do is tackle and i wanted to like him more i really did want to like him more but i just couldn't get there man i just couldn't um if any team's gonna get out of him san fran is a team that could do it i'll say that sure but again it's like for me take allen was there like, yeah, we can talk about know, Gowan. And <laughs> like, on, honestly, like if we had taken Gowan and Wade instead of Len, Lenoir. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and Thomas, like to me, those are pieces that I feel I can really develop into something. Oh, You're yeah. going to have some strength against the run, some strength against the pass, potentially two cornerbacks, potentially a cornerback and a safety there. Or like maybe like a slot cornerback type guy. It's like there's so much potential there and mm-hmm. i feel like instead of with these two guys it's like i i'm not feeling the same way yeah i i agree i would have liked those two guys way more than the two they drafted it's yeah it's not close for me um so yeah i would have liked that a lot um and gallon went in the sixth round i think to arizona something like that so yeah, that was, checks out. yeah but yeah i give this one a d not great um they had another pick pretty soon after right what's i don't know how to say this guy T- talona okay so this is not the one that you were like super hyped on either nope so you're you're really an Elijah Mitchell guy. I am. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, okay, so Talanoa Hufanga is what I'm sure. going to go with. Um, yep. Again, did we need a safety? Yes. Am I excited about this pick? No. Have you noticed a trend? Perhaps. Um, seriously, it's like I uh, we went for a position in need, and we went for a guy where it's like. I think there was better people on the board. So like, this is a guy who's best at the line of scrimmage and lacks top end speed. And I just like, I'm doing the math in my head, like Zach Galifianakis at the table in uh, what was it, the hangover two. Hang- uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just like best at line of scrimmage, but lacks top end speed. So basically you're saying if he gets beat instantly, I'm fucked. <laughs> like, that's just like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, ah, uh, and the fact that like, Hamza Nasir Ildin, yep. uh, whose name I definitely butchered, but whose talent <laughs> is still able to be easily adjudicated. He is still on the board at the time, and to me, he seemed like a clear step up if you're trying to take a safety. Yeah, I 
yeah, it was a pretty big. He was my third to last safety on my big board. So, yeah, just pretty much not a fan. I gave this one a D. Like you said, it was at least a position of need, I think. So, you know, there was that. <laughs> yeah, and I, before we get to Elijah Mitchell, I have to say, yeah. it seems pretty clear San Francisco had its own board. It sure. had guys that it was clearly targeting. And when it wanted them, they traded up to get them. And when they fell to him, they fell to him and they took who they wanted. So, like, again, Trey Sermon, they traded up to get. Trey Lance, they traded up to get. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the other guys, they took people that weren't the best on the board. Mm-hmm. So it must have been the guys that they really wanted. Yeah, that that can get tricky. That, that reminds me of Chip Kelly stuff when you when you go off book like that. But sure, I get you. I, get oh, you. I, don't, I don't love it either. No, I know, like, I know. I, I will say a little, John Lynch, I trust. Like, he, yeah, I he's, get he's earned it to a degree. I get that. I, I do. Um, yeah, I definitely do. But we can talk about Elijah Mitchell now if you, if you want. Why don't you talk about Elijah Mitchell? I want you to convince me because, like, I okay. don't mind the pick. That was my ultimate conclusion. My biggest thing yeah. was, like, do we really need another running back? Um. Yeah, I gave this one a B plus, um, and it was my favorite pick of the draft outside. He was my ninth-ranked uh, running back, which, you know, in any other class would be a home run. Um, I like him better than Sermon. Um, I don't have my notes readily available on Mitchell, so I'm kind of going off what I have on my big board, and that is what it is. But I feel like this guy is definitely has the potential to be there, and it's such a late pick. This is just really good value for me. I'm not like a huge stan, you know, anything like that. Like, I don't have the facts to back it up like I would Michael Carter or Williams sure, currently sure. at my disposal. But, yeah, I, I'm ninth-ranked running back. I think he offers something that is valuable to 49ers, and I think he reminds me a little bit of Jack McKinnon. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, okay, so I'll read you exactly what I had. Round six, number 194, Elijah Mitchell, running back. I mean, sure. Again, not sure we needed their RB depth, but at pick 194, it almost does not matter. Mm-hmm. Mitchell is quick with good hands, has the potential to be a rotation guy, especially down the road once other RBs leave. I don't right. mind the pick. and That's really what it comes down to. If this had happened in, like, round three, round two, like... I may be getting concerned, but at pick 194, it's like, if this doesn't work, who cares? Yeah. Let me, let me, let me just look at, I'm just looking at the PFS stuff and maybe it'll jog my memory for why I liked Mitchell as much as I did, because I, I definitely did. I mean, if I had him, you know, at where it was, it, it feels like should have a better reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean um, he's, he's not bad yeah. by any means. Like yeah, he's man, right I, around so. like JV and Hawkins on like consensus big board going into this. He's ahead of Puka yeah. Williams. He's ahead of Larry Roundtree, like ahead of Jared Dokes. Like there's guys that people are talking about where this guy was like on consensus big boards ahead of. Was Mitchell the guy that rushed for like a bunch of yards in like two games? No, I'm thinking of someone that's else. Par- that's Jarrett Patterson. From yeah, Buffalo. it was Patterson. Did, like, yeah, I think right. 300 yards in one game or 400 he, yards in one game. Something yeah, he absurd. Like, he had like 200 in another game too. It was crazy. No, but I, I like, I did like, sorry, I remember reading this too on here. I like the way he he moves for for a, a bigger-ish guy. Um, and, and I do like that a lot. I like guys who have different, you know, abilities to to beat the runner or to beat defenders and stuff like that. And I also like the TJ Elden comp. So uh, I'm, I, I, you know, it is a pretty not great running back class, especially out of the top five, maybe top four, really. Um, and if I can get TJ so, Yeldon with a six round pick, I'm okay yeah, with that. That of a second round pick? Yeah, I'll be in for that for sure. So, yeah, I get that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, so I'm definitely, I like him better than Sermon. So that's where I stand on him. 
I think um, I think you're a little too far down on sermon, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we will definitely see how it goes, man. Uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we had for the draft. Unless there's any final thoughts on the draft, I gave it a C overall. Wasn't my favorite. C C feels right. It's passing. They went for positions that they needed. They clearly took some guys that they wanted. Um, it's not how I would have gone about things, and I felt that they reached on some guys. Sure, I get that. All right, final question. Um, what are your reasonable, I'll say reasonable, expectations for the 49ers in the 2021 season? I would also be curious for a prediction uh, of the record, but you can do it. I can give you both. So Hit me. Super Bowl or bust? No. <laughs> in all due seriousness, I would be shocked if this team is not a wild card team at least. This may not be a Super Bowl contender like they were in 2019, but they're damn close. I think there might actually be more talent on this roster. Injuries and turnovers were killer last year, especially with some less than stellar depth being called on to step up when those starters went down. But this is ultimately a team that's still built to win now or at least win soon. And so I'm thinking 11 and six. I went through the schedule, picked my shots. Uh, for 2021, it's not the most difficult schedule, and I think they'll be competing with the Los Angeles Rams for the division title. Mm. Um, it's a tough division, I will say that. Um, I don't know where they'll fall. I think they'll have an above 500 record. Uh, I, it's just such a tough division. I, I don't know, especially with the weakness in the secondary. It gives me a little bit of pause in that division. But go they, te- they tend to do decent in that division. Mm-hmm. Even when they're having a rough time, they'll still beat people. Arizona's not coached well, so I'm not so worried about them. Yeah, uh, they have a good offense. They're mm-hmm. they're talented. Mm-hmm. They're not coached well. Um, so again, I'm just less worried about them. I really am. And then I think, I think we might start to see the beginning of the end for Seattle. Uh, I mean, it's possible. Um, I don't think it happens this year, and I like their defense probably more than people do. I liked it last year, honestly, still a decent amount. De- you know, whatever the stats say, it's fine. It was different different defense when Jamal Adams was there, um, and, and I still like a lot of the pieces. But, yeah, I it, it is tough. This division, I think, is definitely the, You know, I'm going to say it's it's the toughest division in football. So we'll see. And I, But to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Niners even win the division. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> They're a good team. Yeah. Um, so I like when I did my record calculation, I pretty much had him splitting uh, the division games. And then there was a couple other games where I gave them some losses. But like they've got a decent schedule. They've got, I think, a definite shot at 10 plus wins. Fair. Totally fair. Um, all right. That's all the questions I had. Um, so, yeah, Malcolm, why don't you share your stuff out again? Yep. So it's McLateral, a.k.a. McLateral FF on the Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me at thelateralff.com. You can also find me live tomorrow night. I'm going to have Chris Robin and Cody from Real Deal Fantasy coming on to the Lateral Weekly Variety Hour-ish. That's going to go live at 930 Eastern. Should be a blast. Um, When's this going out? Um, It'll be out tomorrow, Thursday. Okay, so... I, they will be coming on then the day that you hear this at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Should be a blast. And then uh, go go on a little hiatus for a week. Take some take some vacation. Enjoy enjoy the extended weekend. Um, but then I think we're going to come into June with some rankings and some more content coming. So that'll be a blast for sure. Yeah, the summer gets a little serious. You know, we're, we're knocking on August, uh, you know, next uh, next month, June. You know, we'll see. It's it's getting to be time, that's for sure. I'm excited. But yeah, I want to thank you again for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Happy to do it anytime.
Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports. And be sure to tune in next time.